0: Welcome to Is This Real Life?, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 60. I'm with Beth Ann McDowell, the person behind Pump Rules OGs, and I'm so excited to have you back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I'm very excited to be back, and I'm very flattered that you want to be back. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You're the perfect person to talk to about my recent struggles because my dog – who I named Stasi after <laughs> the original OG from Vanderpump Rules, is being so extra, I can't even tell you. So I found out a couple months ago that she has, like, doggy IBS. Oh, so no. she's on this special diet that's a prescription diet. It's really expensive, and I have to, like, order it through the vet. <laughs> And now she's being all picky and not wanting to eat it sometimes and, like, acting too cool for school. And then now she's got allergies and is on, like, a special shampoo.
1: Oh, that's so cute.
0: But also, Uh, yes, I love that. I love it. She is just so funny. She also, so she's a really good dog. And I've done a ton of training with her. I think she's really well behaved overall. But the one command that she won't do is she won't come when called unless you have something she wants. (laughs) So like if I have a leash in my hand, she'll run to me because she's really excited to go out. But if I just say like, Stassi, come here. She (sighs) looks at me and like will like sit or like walk the other way. And we went to like... (laughs) it's like this is becoming problematic and right. we did this workshop at a dog training center and she was like the worst one like they're like oh my god she literally just like looks at you
1: it's like <laughs> yeah I don't feel like you, it <laughs> You mean you know I I guess you signed up for it, you know. You, it know you named her Stassi. I She's named the her queen.
0: Anastasia Bianca. She,
1: she is the Khaleesi of all Calices. Yeah.
0: <laughs> She's like, what are you asking to do? Karen bitches.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Season one, Stassi. Yeah, let's say.
0: Have you read Stasi's new book?
1: Yeah. I, well, I'm still in it, but I am loving it so much. I've totally cried like several times.
0: <laughs> <gasps> Have you? I listened to it on tape and it's actually her narrating it. So I was on a flight recently and I listened to it and that was like a great way to make the flight go faster. Yeah. I what what about it made you cry? Um, I cried at the part
1: where she's just like like weird parts, like when she's just basically just talking about being basic and how like she believes that people should just feel free to, like, be themselves or, like, talking about the stuff she loves. I don't know. I just think that's so... It's really nice.
0: My favorite part of the book was the chapter on her being a musical theater nerd because (laughs) I didn't realize that about her. Oh, you didn't? No. She doesn't really talk about it that much, right? I thought maybe she was just into Hamilton. I didn't realize she was, like, a full-on musical theater geek yeah it was amazing
1: it is amazing I mean I've seen her like I've I kind of picked up on that from her insta stories and she's talked about it before maybe on her podcast and then I've heard her sing and I was like dude she can totally sing also really she, she does not give herself enough credit that girl I swear to God. she's seriously like a
0: good singer I've yeah heard Ariana's a good singer yeah Well, let's get into This Week in Bravo. So you mentioned that you're not an Atlanta watcher, but it was the season, well, not the finale, it was the third of three reunions. And it was just crazy because the thing that came out was that NeNe, there was this scene where... They were hanging, all of them were hanging out in Nini's room and she didn't want people to go into her closet. And two of the women went into the closet and she went ballistic and ran after them and she ended up ripping a producer's shirt and that was shown on camera <gasps> to, to, to to like a cameraman. So it turned out that this same producer was choked, scratched, pinned against a wall and had a cracked and or lost tooth, and ended what? up in the hospital. That came out at the reunion
1: because of her. Yes, like she did that to him. Oh my yes. god!
0: And when she was asked if she like felt bad about her behavior, she said she was ashamed at the profanity that she used. <gasps> oh my god! And then it came out like yesterday that she signed on for next season. So they did not fire her over this, wow, so what happened there what What was in the closet? I think i I mean this is the ultimate mystery. So last season, there was a situation in her downstairs bathroom with like a roach, which is no big deal. They live in the south, it's hot, and there are bugs so yeah. I guess Brielle Behrman, Kim Zolciak Behrman's daughter, took a video of it and put it online and was like, her house is infested. It's gross. And so that was like a big source of contention. She felt her house was disrespected. And so I think she just always wants things to be camera ready. So maybe her closet just wasn't camera ready. Like maybe, oh, I, I don't know. Or there's something in there she doesn't want people to see. But I just, I do I don't understand. There's also this sort of mentality, and I don't know if it's a Southern mentality or if it's just a not Mandy mentality, but like <laughs> <laughs> where it's like really bad to disrespect someone in their own home. Whereas I, yeah. I'm kind of like, it's just bad to disrespect someone. I don't know. Like the in the own home to me is not a greater grievance. So if you were to disrespect yeah. Nini at a restaurant – I don't think it's like that much different than disrespecting her in her home. I get it if you like are disrespectful to the home itself. By like in New York last season where they like ripped off stuff from the wall. Oh, from Dorinda's wall. Yeah, Dorinda's like (laughs) house. That house is freaking. That house has been through so much. Like, what is going on? Oh my god. Um, So I get that, and then. Um, one of the other housewives was kind of backing her up. Like, well, once you disrespect someone in their home, there's like no saying what there's like, there's no boundary to how far you can go. Whereas I'm like, physical violence is a (laughs) boundary. You can come into my home. You can disrespect me. You can disrespect my closet. I cannot punch you. (laughs) Yeah. It is just so crazy to me. And so then I'm wondering, like, how does that producer feel, you know, to have her? I mean, did he, like, forgive her? Is he kind of like, she's great. This is great
1: television, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I mean, I guess it is. But, like, yeah, I'm surprised. I guess, like, I'm curious what, like, has Andy talked about it at all? No.
0: I mean, he talked, he asked questions. He seemed just as confused about what went on, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't really understand. I'm like, aren't you the decision maker? So let's get into Vanderpump Rules this week. It was basically all about Brittany and Jax with the beauty and the beast theme. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Did you love it? Did okay, be honest. When Brittany gave the bridesmaids like the flower, the rose in the glass, like straight out of Beauty and the Beast, did you think it was cute? Or did you think it was tacky? I loved it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, like, totally a
1: sucker. I just, like, love totally, like, a Disney girl. I love Beauty and the Beast. And I wasn't actually expecting – I don't know. I guess I just didn't remember that part. I mean, it's, like, obviously a pretty big part of the movie. But I just didn't think that she was going to, like, actually do a Beauty and the Beast, like, thing for the girls. So I was, like, really surprised. And I, I thought I was – I thought it was fun. Just because I know they love – Like they sing those songs all the time, like, together, like, from yeah, those from Disney like, movies. Moana, yeah.
0: yeah, Moana. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're really into Disney. I think part of me would have thought it was really tacky, but then after <laughs> reading slash listening to Stasi's book – It's like embrace what you love and what makes you you and nothing else matters. And that clearly is something that Brittany really wanted to do and made her really happy. And so then it made it cool to me.
1: Yeah, I know. I feel like this book is like really truly kind of changing me in a way. Do you feel that way a little bit?
0: A little bit. I mean, (laughs) I've been someone who really embraces my weirdness, but I've never (laughs) thought of it as basic. Some of the things I like are basic, right? Like I love like – a vanilla latte at Starbucks, or even better yet, an iced caramel macchiato. And Ooh, nice. I, yeah, yeah. And I love reality TV. That's something <laughs> that I feel like I was shamed for liking for a really long time.
1: I totally agree, and. I also have felt moments where – I think that's, like, the biggest part of why it really, like, moves me, <laughs> like, Stassi's, like, sort of movement to, like, embrace your basic – because that is totally something that I've struggled with with certain people because it's, like, I want to talk about it, but I can, like – it's, like, immediately just, like, a wall up, and I'm, like, okay. You I don't want to I be shamed be... for
0: what you like to do Yeah, what makes you're just you like, happy. Yeah, you're Right. Exactly. So <laughs> – Right. Um, but – then the other part of me is most of my interests were really nerdy. So they weren't necessarily things that, like, people were like, oh, that's, I don't know, f- stupid. They were just like, that's really dorky. You know, I'm really into, like, disease. I have a degree in literally in infectious diseases. <laughs> like, it's, like, su- such a loser. Like, I dressed as the bird flu when you're from. <laughs> oh my god that's amazing and I, and I used to work at the National Institutes of Health and I won their like costume contest because I was a giant chicken with like a screen print of the H1N1 like 1N1 virus <laughs> on my shirt that's amazing <laughs> I cannot even imagine and the following year a friend and I dressed up as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and we were subprime mortgages <laughs> we were
1: foreclosed homes <laughs> Oh, my God. That's
0: amazing. Like, just so dorky, though, you know? Yeah, but in a good way. In a good way. When I was in high school, I used to sneak home during lunch to watch um, C-SPAN during the 2000 election after that, we weren't sure if it was going to be Gore or Bush. And I would read, I'd go online, it was like dial-up internet AOL, and I would try and read all the transcripts of what was going on with the Florida Supreme Court. It was the nerdiest shit ever. And I learned to embrace it because I went to school in Washington, D.C., where everyone else was a nerd too. And so I became (laughs) less self-conscious the way I was in high school. So I feel like I've been embracing my... Weirdo stuff like for a while. Your true self, yeah. Yeah, like my your true, true self. Selves, but it's only recently that the basic stuff, like liking designer bags and drinking Starbucks and watching reality TV, those are newer things to my persona. And by doing the podcast, I feel like I really embrace the reality TV thing.
1: I think that's really awesome that that that's kind of I mean, I definitely feel like podcasting is sort of like self therapy or something. Because, it <laughs> yeah, it's very like cathartic because you're just talking like normal, but then you're actually putting it out there. And I think that's it's like become a new like form of art or something. It has. Or like performance.
0: Yeah, it yeah. It is. It's a new form form of performance. And it's perfect that your podcast is just getting started at the same time that you're reading Next Level Basics. Next Level I Mason. feel like it's going to empower you to do everything you want to do. I think it
1: is definitely really good timing. And I mean, I'm just like, it's just so nice to have um, a community of Banner Pump Rules podcasting
0: yeah it's really nice and also online like so many people follow you on your twitter account do you like engage with other people who are also big fans of Vanderpump I have and
1: (laughs) it's really nice because you do feel like you found like your people kind of thing yeah um, and then, f- of course, like my podcasting partner in crime, um, Zaria, is also a, a, has a pump rules or a band of pump rules account. And so like that is how we even, you know, got connected. And so, yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So did you meet through Twitter? So we
1: met, yeah, through our fan pages. We basically like started messaging about how we wanted to talk about
0: unpopular opinions. (laughs) Unpopular Vanderpump opinions, right? Like you guys like Katie, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's just so many people
0: who just hate Katie. Who
1: don't like Katie? Yes, exactly. And it wasn't—it's so weird because it wasn't necessarily what she meant. She just was saying something about like. You know, like, let's start an unpopular opinion, like something. It wasn't even a podcast. And I was like, well, I've been wanting to do like a podcast. And yeah, it's great because she's just like very, she's just way more like ambitious than me, which I think is what makes her so like great. And like, because she really is. She was like, well, let's do it. And I'm, like, Okay. Like, uh. <laughs> so just thinking about it, like, I think I, yeah, all right. All
0: right what are do some it. of your most unpopular opinions about this season of Vanderpump that you feel like aren't in step with what everyone else is saying online?
1: I think that my, and I guess I, on, on our podcast, we both, you know, it's like defending La La, for example. Um, in the midst of all the, it's gone down a little bit, but like when that scene between she and Raquel and, um, Billy Lee happened, there was a lot of, yeah, hate towards Lala, and we kind of talked about an opposite opinion. Yeah. And then, um, do you think Jax has transformed? Um, that is also another unpopular opinion we have. We think that he has, I mean, I feel like he has changed and, or at least he just really wants to. And so he's at least really making an effort to like be different. He seem, he does seem different to me.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. I talked to Craig McNeil, who used to do the Pump Rules podcast. Oh, and cool. we were chatting and I said, I felt that most people or a lot of people that put out podcasts and watch Vanderpump Rules sort of hate watch they hate all of the people <laughs> right? on the show, and they talk about these are the worst people in the world. And oh my god, can you ma- can you believe what they just did? Whereas I felt like I was love watching. I was loving each of these weirdo people with so much emotional baggage. And feeling like they were becoming my friends and if they would mess up. I'd be like, oh, but Kristen didn't really mean it like that, <laughs> you know, and making right. some apologies for them or at least trying to kind of understand where they were coming from. So I was like, who are all these people hate watching? I don't want to watch people that I truly hate on my TV. I like love the parts of them that are shitty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a really good point because that's totally true. People some people seem like they're just watching it so they're like taking notes about everything they hate about every single person. But I mean, I definitely love watch. I feel like a lot of times haters though are pretty they can be divided pretty easily into like categories, like people who usually hate Katie, love James. Or people, I don't know, for a while it was like if people like hated Kristen and loved Ariana and vice versa. Like, that was a big deal. And I think that's kind of what makes it such a great season is because, like, this is the season where they all have kind of come together. I mean, except for James, I guess. A lot of the, you know, a lot of these old friends that had feuds and had, like, really deep issues and stuff have, like, finally back, like, come together. I think that's really cool to watch.
0: It's amazing. I mean, to yeah. see that scene between Ariana and Kristen was so heart-wrenching it was so moving to me because on the night that Ariana's father died Kristen spread this really crappy rumor about her being like she's you know hooking up with my boyfriend they're having an affair and her dad died and I think Kristen was just so far removed and so jealous that she wasn't really thinking of Ariana as a human being And she also didn't really, I don't maybe at that point, ever witness someone go through a loss. And I think after Jax's dad died and she flew to Michigan and stuff, she saw, like, the impact that it had. And she, she got older, too. I mean, she matured and realized that was a horrible thing to do. And not just that it was a horrible thing to do, but what Ariana was going through in that moment was so intense. And it was just amazing. And she's like, you know what, you and Tom are better together than her and him and I were, ever would be.
1: That was the like kicker. That's like why I will always say that Kristen Doty is like reality TV gold. Because like, she just surprises me all the time. I feel like I was not expecting her to say that. And I was just because I could I saw that they were going to have this scene together and that they've made amends and are now friends and stuff. But like, I didn't expect her to say that. Because that was such a dark time for her. I feel like, and yeah, she just was completely so, like exactly how you said, just so far removed because she was just so insecure about their relationship. And um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that I would have done the same thing, but I totally can imagine like her feelings of. I just know that that something's going to happen between them because of the situation and just like that she probably could just sense, you know, that there was something there. She could there.
0: sense probably before Tom even could how much he deeply loved Ariana. Right. Well, and they was, did make out. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: And they did make out. And I think she probably, you know, you're when you're a woman, you just
0: know. It's like you just know. Like this, this other woman is the threat to my relationship. That's right. But like this is what's going on. I feel like that person wouldn't be a threat to your relationship if your relationship was in a really good place. Right. And theirs wasn't. And, and it also so.
1: isn't Right. And also, you know, of course, you don't want to blame someone who's really not necessarily the one at no, fault. It's really yours. It's your partner. Yes, yeah. Totally. Right. It's a hundred percent Tom's fault. But yeah, I agree. Kristen really was a, you know, she she really looks like she regrets that a lot.
0: But her jealousy <laughs> did come out in this week's episode a little bit during the whole bridesmaid's situation crush. Oh. Because she seemed to want to be a maid of honor, and Brittany made her friend Kara, who's been her friend since she was a child, her maid of honor, and she thought, okay, well, I can also have a matron of honor who is married, Well, Katie's married, and Katie's the only one of them that hasn't slept with Jax, her soon-to-be husband. So I thought it made sense to ask Katie to be the matron of honor, but I think Kristen was very jealous.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. I just love her because she's so, she wears her heart on her sleeve, you know what I mean? Like, if someone else even felt that way, they wouldn't show it, you know what I mean? Like, she's so, like, it's just like, What you see is what you get. Like, she was so upset. I
0: know. And,
1: I mean, you could tell she was so annoyed. It's just throwing the death glare. I was like, oh, my God, this
0: is so... And it's not Katie's fault.
1: Well, no. No, of course not. I mean, of course it's ridiculous. uh, Of course it's ridiculous, but it's also, like, so... I don't know. It's almost like watching, like, a little kid. (laughs) A little kid. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, my God, they're so mad. She's so mad. Like... It was so, yeah, it was very apparent that she was very upset.
0: Well, another person who was <laughs> upset is Brittany's father and oh my God. all of her brothers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like yeah, how many brothers br- does she have? So many. I don't think they're all, like, they may be half brothers, <laughs> I think, because her parents have, her oh, m- mom's I been married a bunch of times and stuff. Oh, so, okay. um, but, I mean, they're her brothers regardless. But right. I think mean, that's why they're... there are so many. So it was hard to keep track. I literally couldn't keep track of all of these guys. And then one of the guys there was Jax's brother-in-law. Right. It was just kind of like, oh, God. And they're all at brunch. And the first thing that happened that I was like, oh, Jax, bad move, is they're all ordering water or Diet Coke. And Jax gets a vodka on the rocks. (laughs) And I'm like, read the room. (laughs) Yeah. Well. Oh, it just, I thought it was bad move. And then to say that I'm always going to put myself first and I get what he's saying. I feel like this is something he has been learning maybe in therapy where he's supposed to take care of himself before he can take care of others. And he has to get himself right first. But that is very different than putting yourself before your partner in all decisions, and that's sort of how it read when he said it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My thing is just I feel a little bit like if the situation were flipped around, and I was at I was at like a you know like engagement dinner with my husband's mom or something like that. You know what I mean? Like just opposite. I mean, I don't know. I would feel very uncomfortable. If they were, like, I mean, I, granted, he did just cheat on her. Like, that was, like, or it was the first time that he saw them since he cheated on her. But um, I just still feel like, I don't know, like, her dad could have been a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Because it's, like, at this point, it's, like, his daughter's marrying him. I don't know. But I, at the same time, I'm, like, well, Yeah. This is how he is. Because I watched their show, you know, when they were in Kentucky too. Oh, me and so, too. so yeah. I know that he's like he's a hard shell. Yeah. He's he's, he's a, a hard
0: shell. And I also think she's just closer with her mom and that side of the family because they've seen Jax since everything happened multiple times. And it seems like her dad and some of those brothers haven't seen him. Yeah. So but at That's the same true. time, when you're gonna when you make a mistake, you need to own it. And a mistake like that, you have to own it over and over and over again. Just because she's forgiven you doesn't mean her father has forgiven you. Doesn't mean her brothers have forgiven you. You need to earn their respect. And it's also the thing that's so confusing to me is Jax can lie so well. We've seen (laughs) it for seven seasons, right? This is the first season he's not lying. And couldn't he just lie to them and be like, you know what? I'm so sorry about everything that happened. Britney's a princess. She deserves to be treated like a queen. And I'm going to put her first, you know, from now until we die. (laughs) Like, why couldn't he say that? I mean, I think
1: it's just because, like, also also reality TV gold, Jax Taylor, it's stronger than him. I think that's why I – that's why I love the OGs because it's, like, they can't change. Like, no matter – like, there's just some part of them where they just cannot – you know, that's how they are. And I think, like, this is Jax. Like, he he's too stubborn and he's too, like, hot-headed. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. just – he is that, like, ace, you know, cocky, like, Top Gun attitude. Just, like – it's oh, ridiculous. you're coming. At, you're gonna come for me. Like he doesn't think like I'm okay, the yeah. One
0: guy in this group. He's
1: like <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, he's just like already like on the defense. Like oh, you're gonna get diet, diet coke and water. I'm gonna get a fucking vodka soda for brunch, okay? Like don't just
0: there try. wasn't even soda. It was vodka <laughs> on the rocks. I was like, what are you doing, Jax? You're literally making yourself look ridiculous. <laughs> I don't so, know. I'm be wrong, but yeah, I know you have a lot of thoughts on the next thing I want to ask you, which is about <laughs> Sheena and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> you have many thoughts on Adam the fuck boy. I would love to hear them.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's just so funny because it's like, oh okay, is that my is that my. My internet reputation that I don't really have many thoughts on Sheena and Adam, which well, I what do.
0: The, your your which... latest uh, podcast was, was yes. talking about that. Oh, yes. It was. Yes. No, it's just funny.
1: This is real. This is true. And I have is to it own well, it. Well, that it is true.
0: But bit. are Sheena and Adam real?
1: I think she wants them to be real. And he doesn't. But he doesn't want to lose like the the camera time, <laughs> yeah, okay. so it's the, the camera, camera time, time and like and, and the just like sex whenever you want time. Like I think he's got it pretty good, and so my opinion is that he shouldn't make her feel in any way, shape, or form guilty about going on dates or sleeping with other guys because he isn't really being clear. I mean, it seems it doesn't seem like he's being totally open and honest about not sleeping with other girls or going on. like he insist they're not together and we're not at all like shows Lisa that picture and all this stuff. And
0: it's just weird. It feels so produced them, the production crew being there while she's on a date, videotaping <laughs> like her making out on her bed with this other guy, making Adam go to dinner with Tom and Ariana and Stasi and Kristen. Like those aren't his friends. That was he showed up. It was on his call sheet. He went there to film the scene, knowing that Sheena was on a date, and they were just setting this whole thing up. And I just I don't know. It doesn't feel as natural as all the other things that have gone on this season to me.
1: I well wasn't sandoval was or who was at that at that dinner or whatever with Stasi and Ariana and and adam? who was there other people and there? Sandoval
0: and Kristen?
1: Yeah, okay, so Sandoval and
0: Adam are, like, you know, friends from... Sandoval will be nice to anyone, but that's not his, like, buddy.
1: No, that's not his buddy, but, I mean, my thing is, like, I don't, I still, I really don't think that it's, I mean, I know that they have, like, things where you have to film stuff, but, like... I imagine it being more organic where it's, like, he wants to be on camera. So it's, like, Santa might yeah. tell him, like, come, you know, come. So, of course, he wants to come, but he's not expecting. But I feel like – I could be wrong, but I feel like Sheena played him. And that's why I loved that scene, honestly, because I feel like finally she knows that this, he's going to see this. So, like, she knows that this is going to be, like, like, all right, well, fuck you, dude. I'm going to go on a hot date with this guy who's cooking for me, P.S., like, <laughs> right? Cause I just think, yeah. And like, she knows that the cameras are there. It's, I think that they, I think it's kind of awesome if they can play this, this, their situation a right. little bit, because I don't know, that's just me. It's just interesting,
0: because like, they, what I didn't realize until I started really listening to more interviews with the cast and people who have been there when they've done filming is, it's not. It is produced. It's not fake, but it's produced. So like in order to get on camera, you have to show up at a certain time where they tell you to show up and you have to get mic'd. You know, you're mic'd. You know, that's why all the stuff with the Vanderpump dogs. I was like, this is shady because John Blizzard was mic'd. You know, he knew he was there. It wasn't a boom mic. He was mic'd. And so I felt like with this scene with Adam showing up and getting mic'd and sitting at the table, it's like, uh oh. Okay, And with him, he just annoys the shit out of me because one, I know he's a really cool guy because I've heard him on other podcasts and he's funny and he's witty and he's quick. So why can't that come across on camera? That's number one. And number two, he's just like the epitome of a fuck boy. He wants what he wants when he wants it and he doesn't want to give up anything, but he won't give give commitment the one thing that she wants and he's he knows she cares yet he still leads her on yeah I mean that's like why I
1: feel it's more my what my interpretation or my theory I guess was like even though yeah they tell you you have to show up it's because of some situation where it's like let's say it's like well we're gonna go on this girl's trip so they know to tell Lala Stasi, Katie Sheena Kristen Brittany like you need or ariana you know like you need to show up at this time in this place but it's because it's been planned by by them i just can't really picture production just telling adam like you have to be here you don't even know what's going to happen it's like i imagine it being like a little bit halfway more like yeah the the producers then have to tell them this is going to be a scene we're going to film this but i feel like they're just doing you know Doing them kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's what they normally would be doing. It's what they would be doing. So I just, I feel, I mean, to go along with what you're saying, I think Adam is more just like trying to just be on the show. That's my vibe. And the Beverly Hills thing, I mean,
0: yeah. Well, we will get into that <laughs> a little bit later. <laughs> is a, yeah, that's
1: another topic.
0: Um, so... Anything else on Vanderpump this week? Or should we actually just jump into <laughs> Beverly Hills?
1: Into Lucy, Lucy, Apple Lucy, juice, Lucy, whatever. Apple juice.
0: The, I am so sick of this dog thing. And <laughs> the best part about this episode was without Lisa, they still had drama. And that oh, was yeah. awesome because I was worried they wouldn't. And they would just spend the whole time talking about her. And she's sort of relevant to the drama, but isn't the main part of it.
1: I didn't see this week's actually, but I don't mind if you give me spoilers because I still want to just, I'm totally cool with that actually because I'm kind of curious what happened.
0: So a couple really interesting things. Let me go over my notes. (laughs) So LVP gets lunch with Denise Richards at Villa Blanca. Of course, they have to go to Villa Blanca and (laughs) give her wedding presents. Denise makes her speech to LVP about how the other women really care about her. But LVP says she can't get over how... Kyle said when she swore on her children's life that Kyle still didn't believe her. She just couldn't get beyond that. Says she can't explain why, but when that happened, she felt like she had to retreat. Um, Then Kyle and Dorit are chatting, and (laughs) they're talking about this lunch that Denise and LVP are having, right? And they're like, okay. well, we think Denise. This is this is what Dorit says. Denise would be so good at talking to LVP because she, like, has experience, you know, dealing with Charlie Sheen. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> She's and, like. And so then Kyle's like, really? Like, are you comparing Charlie Sheen and LVP? And Dorit's, like, laughing. Like, okay, maybe not that bad. But. Then this is true, and I think this is true for all of them, but mainly for LVP, is that Kyle said that LVP surrounds herself with people who will never tell her no. And so that's, like, what causes so many problems, is when someone finally is like, no, I don't actually believe you. She's never heard that, because everyone around her, she pays to be around her, besides her husband. So, that's... <laughs> yeah. That's, and that... Wow! I
1: mean, okay. I can picture all of this. I pictured it all. I pictured the camera angles.
0: I I pictured the outfits, Dory's hair. Yeah. We hear this is a completely random note that Erica Jane wrote a mechanical bull after her great grandmother's funeral. That was awesome. Um, that has nothing to do with anything. So then they go see Boy George in a concert with like Billy Idol, who's I think not in concert, but there, in Gladys Knight um, at the Greek Theater. And before all of this, PK asks Ken Todd to lunch. And he we don't see this happening, but he's telling Dorit about it and says that he told Todd, or Ken Todd, don't confuse Teddy, Mellencap or Kyle with Dorit or I. So basically throwing Teddy and Kyle under the bus, being like, Dorit and I have nothing to do with all of this. So then at the concert afterwards, um kyle asks boy george like are you ever scared when you're on stage that someone could hurt you because like they're so close to you there's so many people and he's like you can't really think about that and then pk makes a snide comment to kyle that he says is british humor where he says oh come on what are you talking about you can't even get along with your best friend to kyle And Kyle's like, what are you talking about? That's so mean. Also, you're in the same boat as me. And he's like, no, I'm not. Basically indicating that him and Dorit are going to be okay with Lisa and Ken. And Kyle won't be okay. And Kyle's pissed because she's been defending Dorit this whole time. And then she storms out. And then Dorit follows her and is like, I understand why you're upset. But he meant it as a joke. It's British humor. And all the other ladies are saying, enough with the British humor. LVP says the same thing. It's just mean. Um, (laughs) And then Teddy chimes in. So when Dorit is trying to talk, explain PK but like tell Kyle she understands why Kyle's upset Teddy chimes in and is like well it was extra hurtful when he said that he was on speaking terms with Ken and then Dorit basically like snaps at Teddy and is like can you please like give me 30 seconds with her before you chime in and then Teddy was all like hurt that Dorit yelled at her and Kyle was like I've been defending Dorit and PK and You know, it's just was crazy. So in the end, Kyle says she won't um, carry a grudge, but she's pissed at the moment. Yeah. Wow. And all the other women are like kind of up to the side, like giving the moment to like Kyle and Dorit and then Teddy kind of gets in there. And it's just really interesting to watch them argue without LVP. Yeah,
1: because like I, as much as I, and we, we talk about this in our pod too, um, for more uh, questions regarding Lisa Vanderpump, is she faking it
0: or not? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, we talk about like, what are, you know, Ariana's point on pump rules about, um, you know, how she's keeps kind of talking badly about tom and tom and stuff and um i i was saying that like since i watch real Housewives of beverly hills Zarya doesn't but i do and i'm saying like you know i just can't decide because i can see that side of her on pump rules and i feel like that side is the side that kind of like kyle and all these other women are sort of saying she has but on. The housewives, she just seems so innocent to me. But I don't know if I'm just like really naive or
0: something. So you're you're an LVP stan.
1: <laughs> I don't know because it's weird. Like I can I kind of sometimes can see that point on Vanderpump Rules. I could see where that would be. But on this on the other show, I I don't know. It's like I've. I mean, it's not even so much that I think it's like these women are evil or they're trying to take necessarily take her down. But I just think that like. I don't know if it's just been like some serious miscommunications going on. I definitely think that Kyle. I mean, I've gone so many directions with Kyle because, like, she's with my favorite, and I don't know. I I can see where like that kind of wasn't her like fight to fight though. I feel like she went to Lisa Mm -hmm. Vanderpump's house like very willingly.
0: She should have stayed out of it. She She should should have have completely stayed out of it between Dorit and Lisa.
1: Yeah. Because regardless of whether she felt pressure to do it or not, she did do it. And she went all in, you know, she went all in. She said like, well, that's not what everybody's saying. Everybody's saying that you did this. She didn't insert any sort of like, I don't think that. In fact, she said she does think that she did it. So I kind of understand why Lisa's just like, okay, well, why would you think like, you know, you're, you're trying to tell me that I'm lying?" and it yeah. kind of is
0: it is that's what she's saying but she said like I would still love you I still care about you but I do think you love lying."
1: I just think that that's kind of a
0: I, I think I get it yeah
1: but like I wouldn't do that to a friend if I really thought she was lying I wouldn't like make it known in front of the cameras and I Kyle kind of tends to do that
0: I think LEP does lie though and Kyle I think she does that, and Kyle still accepts her for who she is And that's what she was trying to say. Like, it's okay, just come clean. We'll forgive you. And LVP will never come clean. She never does that.
1: But why does it? I think it's like it's the same kind of thing that happened. And I do apologize to anyone that does not watch Jersey Shore or Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I personally love them. I can't help it. I like grew up with them. I feel (laughs) that was more my genre. It's like the thing with Ronnie and the situation, like Mike, the situation, like when Ronnie just got. you know they were kind of like there was like tension because there's always been tension between those two but like ronnie's saying with mike even though mike has sort of become like this like saying like he's like I'll change now or whatever and he has changed i think but like is that mike like said things about ronnie's person like basically he was insinuating that he has like a some sort of a substance abuse problem as well because mike went to rehab and he said it in front of the cameras and that's like it's like i kind of am under the impression that if you're on a reality show you're just you're not supposed to talk about like because you're seeing it in front of the camera like you know you're not supposed to probably say that so i then so ronnie got upset because he's like if you were my friend you wouldn't talk about it like this like out in the open like that's like what he's trying to say and i think that's the same thing with kyle where i get i i really do go back and forth and i i'm starting to think that it's possible that she's lying but at the same time i guess i just a it's just it's At the point when Kyle was accusing her of it, it really is just a theory, you know?
0: Yeah. What's crazy to me, though, I love that you just pointed out, how do you react when you're actually friends with your co-stars? Because it sounds like we saw with Lala and Ariana when Tom Sandoval outed that they had hooked up in the backseat of his car. Lala completely denied it until she got the okay from Ariana to tell the truth. And I thought that was her not wanting to throw her friend under the bus. And I feel like a lot of these other situations, they're not necessarily as much friendships as they are co-workers. And sometimes I think they want to use the camera to try and expose their friends. Like sometimes it's just for TV and other times do you think it's because they want to hold their friends accountable and they don't think that it can happen unless it becomes a thing in the storyline. Maybe the situation was like, okay, I'm sober now. I see this and I see that this guy won't address it unless I call it out and I'm in a position to call it out. At the same time, like we had the same situation last year with Dorinda and Luann where Luann basically insinuated Dorinda has a drinking issue and she was, you know, newly sober and then, of course, fell off the wagon and then a sober again. But is it inappropriate? Like, are certain blows too low? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: I do. I do think I do think that outing your friend and they don't know you're going to do it and you're supposedly their good friend. I mean, that is messed up. Like, I would not do that to any friend of mine it just seems like it seems either messed up if you're that age or you're like 19 or 20 years old do you know what i mean yeah. 20,
0: maybe 25 at the oldest doing that it's but like, it's probably different to out someone for being an alcoholic versus outing them for a line about posting a story on radar online
1: but it's the it's the implication that she's lying i think is what yeah she's taking offense to and if she really didn't do it you know, we don't know if she did or not. I mean, if she really didn't do it, if you're if someone's swearing on their children's lives, like,
0: well, I would lo- I would drop that. You know what I mean? I totally get you. And I would do that with a friend. But I'm also not on, on TV show. <laughs> so there is a situation on New York this week where oh, God. they flash back to something that they taped, but they didn't put in the show where Ooh. there was a charity event and Dorinda and Ramona went together. And then some other woman who was, like, richer and higher class in society than Dorinda shows up. And Ramona switches her table to sit with this other friend and ditches Dorinda. And Ramona is swearing on Avery's life that she didn't switch the table. And they roll the footage. And they have it five different times where she's looking for the different table number. So it's clear that she lied and she had to like on social media say like, I get it. Like I was wrong. I didn't understand or something. But it's just funny because she swore on her child's life and (laughs) it was like, I was like, oh my God, the parallels. And it's clear that she is lying. Now the confusion sometimes with these women is I think they believe their lies. They rewrite stories in their head I don't know if it's Ramona just being crazy. And with LVP, I think she tries to produce. Like in her head, she's always thinking about production because she is a producer for Vanderpump Rules. And I think she sort of semi-produces Beverly Hills. Like she creates drama and steps out so that the show can keep moving. And I think that sometimes she gets things a little bit, I don't know.
1: I mean, I can see it being a possibility. I definitely can see it being possible because I think she can be very manipulative. I, I, I mean, on Vanderpump Rules a lot, and um, so maybe this is her sort of karma. On <laughs> you know, yeah. because if she if she really did do it, that is a messed. I mean, I would be much more disturbed if it comes out with absolute seal proof. Like it's like this is for sure. Like Lisa Vanderpump, I would be like so disturbed because she is then right. the most pathological liar. Like, because she really seems like she's. Well, I think it wasn't
0: her. I think it was her team because she never wants anything to get back to her. So it could be like John Blizzard. But do you think she told her team to do it? I think that's the whole point of this whole thing. I always think bring things back to like political scandals, but it reminds me of Bridgegate, you know, with Chris Christie and the bridge between New York and New Jersey, and he may not have ordered it to be shut, but his staffer, he created the environment where his staffers felt it was okay to do that, to get back at a political opponent. That's so,
1: I love that you brought up that example because I remember just thinking like Chris Christie was such a piece of shit for doing that because it's just like, It was fascinating to me that that was...
0: I don't think he ever gave the order necessarily to do it, but I bet he gave the order to do things similar, and it created the environment where his staffers felt that it was okay to do that. I absolutely think he gave the order. I totally think he did. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I think he did. I but think he did. Lisa, I don't know if she gave the order, or if she dropped enough hints that it wasn't exactly giving the order, but it would be taken that way. And then John Blizzard was like, because at one point she said, I don't care who knows. That was in one of the texts. And that was when he called Teddy to talk about it.
1: But doesn't that seem like such an innocuous text though? Like just sort of almost like she's probably like busy and she's probably doing stuff. And just like, I don't care who knows.
0: Like It could be like that. But the thing is, is I, okay, here's my theory on all of it. I am with Joel Kim Booster who believes that this is them getting lvp It's like getting Al Capone on tax evasion, <laughs> right? So she's done things in the past that have been bad. And they've never been able to pin her for it. And so they're pinning her on something that's like not that bad and that maybe isn't even entirely orchestrated by her. And it's because they're so pissed at years and years of her manipulating them for storylines and coming off clean. felt like all the women went into the season wanting to take her down. And I feel like they should have changed after her brother died. That's a
1: possible possibility for sure I think it's also possible I don't I think that Lisa is I think she can be manipulative but I don't think that it's any different than like the way Kyle, I think, can be manipulated. Yeah, the way the
0: rest of them are. The yeah.
1: way that the rest of them are. I don't think it's anything different than what they do, except that she's the most successful, really. Yeah. Okay. She's the one that's, you know, I, I think.
0: I think it's a little bit of jealousy. I think they're jealous of how good she is at manipulating things in the storyline. I honestly <laughs> I mean, do. She
1: probably is really good. And, I mean, that's, like, if you're going to make it that far, you know, what's that saying? And, like, is it Dr. Strangelove or whatever, like, you – you don't get to this position without cutting some corners. Yeah. some movie where it's like, you, you can't get here yeah. without cutting some corners. Oh, no, it's A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men, they're talking <laughs> about, they're talking about...
0: <laughs> Wow, oh, God. God.
1: But... Colonel Markinson, and then he kills himself.
0: I just think that what Dorit did was so awful that Lisa should not have forgiven Dorit that quickly and she should have, it's okay that she was angry about it, and she should have like, put that anger out in the world. Yelled at Doreet, told her it was not okay, you know, said, Do you know what could have happened to this dog? You know, you can't just treat beings like living beings that way. I feel like she was really angered by it and instead manipulated the whole thing and pretended she wasn't angry. And if she just was honest, about her feelings, I think we could have avoided a lot of this, and then it would have been played as Dorit being the real villain, which she is. At the end of the day, I think Dorit acted worse than LVP, hands down. Well, yeah, I mean, she did. I'm saying if LVP sold the story or leaked it or whatever it is, I still think it's Dorit's fault. (laughs) Like, everything is Dorit's fault. Yeah, totally.
1: But, like, also, I – feel my my little thing is like the why I feel it's believable that Lisa that I don't think that Lisa did like sell the story and like pretend because I feel like it it's really not I mean it's a it's a huge deal because of the fact that this dog could have been killed and it is a big deal but I just I feel like if it were me I would see in the situation like okay well the dog ended up okay thank thank god but my friend must have been really ashamed And that's just, and I also that's kind of shady, and maybe I'd like kind of talk bad about them, you know, like just be like, (laughs) oh my god, like she freaking protect this dog to a kill shelter, but like you know, I mean, if she made this big of a deal of it, like if Lisa really did sell the story, if she, it's like, that's kind of then that is very weird, and that's that's why that's why it's like i want to believe that she doesn't because i i feel like that's kind of what my reaction what her reaction is and what some people think might not be genuine would kind of be my actual reaction like no i don't want people to know but i think i don't know i could be completely freaking wrong here i mean
0: i also think a producer could have liked it just to cause drama like this
1: I mean, God, if they did, they really should have picked a better (laughs) storyline.
0: Right? It's so boring at this point. Now, there's no real storylines, I feel like, big ones on New York this season. But I wanted to go through a few things that happened in this week's episode and get your thoughts, your quick reactions. Okay. So, Tinsley broke up with Scott. Holy shit. Yeah, she said he's not comfortable with me being this kind of person, meaning a housewife, and said that she called him after that dinner that they had where she broke down and said that she needs more from him. She wants him to come see her, and he said no.
1: I mean, honestly, embrace your basic bitch. Like, good. I yeah. don't think that that's right because that's, like, her life, you know, and it was it's clearly, like, tearing her apart that he is, like, ashamed or whatever, like all the other fuckboys of the Bravo franchises.
0: <laughs> I think he really liked her but just didn't want her to be on the show. But that doesn't make sense to me because he had that commercial for his coupon business where they were all in an elevator and it was, like, Tinsley and Carol and Adam and John and Dorinda – do you remember that? that was his? That yes. Was his coupon
1: business? Yes. Oh, like, He's the coupon yeah, king. Well, then he can go he can Chris- <laughs> Right. I was going to say in Kristen Doty's words, suck my suck a dick. Suck a dick. Suck a dick. Like, like oh my what, God. What, Scott, just- what the
0: hell are you doing with, like, you don't want her being a housewife, but yet you used her housewife status to get a ton of publicity for your company? <laughs> I don't exactly. think so. Okay. The next thing is... Okay, Sonia, Ramona, and Lou go out for drinks in the Upper East Side. They, well, I mean, Lou's not drinking. Um, they run into this guy, Michael. <laughs> we <laughs> I hope. think they all have slept with him. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So, like, it's very clear that Luann has slept with him because she turns bright red, um, and Sonia (laughs) says she hasn't because with these old guys, you marry them. You don't have sex with them. (laughs) 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 And I quote, then Mario shows up. Oh, my God. And they're all, like, especially Sonia and Ramona, like, super flirty with Mario. And Mario is talking with Ramona and says maybe – marriage should be a renewable contract. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> and they, just all, <laughs> they all seem to be on good terms with him. And Ramona even says when Mar- Mario had a midlife crisis, you know, when he cheated on her and everything, and yeah. he was not himself. And I don't blame him for it because he was not himself when all this was happening. Right. So I, I don't know if she forgives him, but she doesn't. Like, I don't think she holds a grudge. But they clearly have sexual chemistry. Bethany later accuses Ramona of sleeping with him. She says she just put cream on his face, <laughs> like I think she's talking about her Ramona like skincare line. Anyways, thoughts on Mario and Ramona potentially getting back together?
1: Oh my god!
0: Well, I mean,
1: I'd be out for it. Like I miss, I kind of miss Ramona with Mario. He you miss know,
0: Mario. He's hot. I mean.
1: If he can behave, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, like, I mean, she would be a lot to handle. Let's just be honest here. Not that it's right that he cheated on her at all. Like, that's just – that's that was really sad, actually. I was really – I felt really bad for her. But um, if she's into it and, like – yeah. Yeah. And if he's, like, good to her, then I think that that would, you know, in terms of the show, it would be Renew funny. that contract. <laughs> yeah,
0: renew that contract. And then it's pretty clear that Dorinda and Ramona don't like Barbara, but Barbara apologizes <laughs> to both of them in this episode and is trying oh. to make amends. And oh, wow. I think her and Dorinda are on okay terms at this point. Like, Dorinda really thinks that they've turned a corner, but I don't think Ramona – is fully cool with Barbara, even though she agreed to move forward. Ramona totally shades Barbara. It turns out after Ramona left Bethany's house last week, they all were like, so what do you think of Ramona? And she basically said, I don't like her. Barbara said that. And oh. of course, got back to Ramona. And so when Barbara approached Ramona, Ramona was like shading her for wearing only wrap dresses. <laughs> And Only like, like dresses that are like wraps, and was like, <laughs> get some fashion sense. And then Barbara's like, well, why don't you take me shopping? And she's like, why would I go shopping with you? You don't like me. And then, you know, that ensued. What are your thoughts on Barbara?
1: She's she's kind of like rubbing me the wrong. <laughs> she's been rubbing me the wrong way, just a little bit progressively more, just because I felt like at first I was like, okay, well, I guess she's like Lou's, you know, friend, supportive friend after her rehab stuff. But then it just kind of seemed like she just kind of kept getting like more involved in like arguments that really weren't like her problem, you know. And um, and then at the at the Berkshires, I. I don't know. I, I, I just felt like she is kind of like poking the, poking the bears.
0: Like, yeah, you know what I mean? She is, but she's not fully doing it. Like she's only she's like fully. partially, she seems half asleep in her jabs. <laughs> like she's not there to rumble. That's
1: true. It's kind of weird. It's like, what are you, do you know what you're doing? Are you just, you're just, this is just how you are. I can't really tell. I don't like hate or
0: anything. I'm just kind of like, Um, She's not bringing me anything. This like multi million dollar construction business is not exciting to me. She doesn't seem to really vibe with the women, and that it just seems unnatural. But I don't like them making rude comments about her sexuality. That is not cool, especially since on camera she has never said that she's bisexual or lesbian or whatever. Sonia, they're all making like little jabs, especially in the Berkshires. And mm-hmm, yeah. she went to bed early and I feel like she just didn't feel comfortable and I do not do not blame her. That is like of all the things to jab her about, that is not one <laughs> that you I guess do. I just like
1: – I guess I must have just missed when they're like – I know they've made comments about her being like bisexual but she also was kind of like joking around like being like – that she wanted to like hook up with Bethany or st- sleep in Bethany's she, room or something like that. She
0: was joking, but the way that Sonia responded, I thought was like she was like, "It's cool when I do it, but when you do it, I don't know." I felt that it was really weird. And I mean, I think that was more because Sonia was
1: a completely shit based and yeah. B, like B is like super like she has this weird th- obsession with Bethany. Like I yeah. think of that I, I don't know. I I guess
0: I didn't realize that they were like straight up like
1: making fun of her sexuality. I, I mean
0: they were just being weird about it, kind of like, ooh, you better lock your door. Who knows if she's gonna come in. It's like, oh my uh, God, what is well, wrong with yeah. you? I mean if that was said that's probably not right. I want my New York ladies to be progressive because they should represent the community that they are from. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I just get more of the impression that Sonia is like freaking <laughs> – she was just like a
0: like a, a la-la land. Like, I she know. She's just saying crazy shit. I love Sonia. I love and adore her. And I love her this season because I think she's like lighter and breezier and funnier than she's ever been. But that's the one thing I'm not cool about. And I feel like they do it on every franchise. In Atlanta, there's like – So much shading of um, Eva for having been in a relationship with a woman. A lot of people's sexuality is fluid. We had at least Vanderpump Rules with Ariana. People seem to be getting it. But the way that it's treated by the other women on the various Housewives franchises is, is weird to me. It's like funny if they and cool if they make out with each other but then if someone actually is (laughs) bisexual it's like ooh, that's weird
1: it would be unfortunate if that was why they're kind of like being icy to her but i just feel like she's also not being super warm to them i just
0: why they're being icy but it's something i don't like yeah
1: yeah i don't know i'm gonna keep my eye out for more of that because i mean i wouldn't be really into that either of course but i can see to me it's more just like when they do that stuff like when they just kind of go over the top or when Kylie like spreads her like does her hair flip thing and the splits like for the hundredth time <laughs> know. you know i'm just kind of like okay like i get it and i just i just am kind of like that kind of looks ridiculous so i i don't it's like i take it with a grain of salt because i think of them as being just kind of older and like they don't really <laughs> they're just kind of being goofy but yeah. um but definitely vanderpump rules is the one that i think embraces it just all types you know sexuality and gender fluidity for sure the most and actually that shoot with Stassi and she like all the girls like when they did that one with all black and like leather and stuff for the the like sir photo, oh, yeah, sir
0: and, like, photo shoot yeah the photo shoot this season
1: yeah oh my the god you're right focused
0: on sir uh, than it is on we saw on pride photos. but we didn't see the photo shoot
1: That's so true. Oh, I kind of missed it. Because they made – because they, like, Sheena and and Stassi, like, made out, I think. And they've always had those, like, kind of naked, like, shoots and stuff. And I love that.
0: Me too. Well, thank you (laughs) so much for joining. Where can everyone find you, your podcast, your online persona?
1: My Twitter handle is at Pump Rules OGs, and that's also um, my Instagram. And then my podcast with um, Sir Rules um, underscore is um, too poor for a PJ, and that's on um, pretty much all the places you can stream pods, so Apple and Spotify and Stitcher. And yeah, it was so much fun. It's so
0: much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love your obsession with Pump Rule's OGs. And I wanna hear your thoughts once you finish Stasi's book.
1: That's what I'm gonna do after we finish our podcast, is I'm gonna go back to reading. Woo! (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
0: Have a great week. Thank you.